So, lovely peoples, we're back with V2 Radio. I'm Alex. Stefan, another edition. And normally we would have Ali with us, but we have Ali with us in uh, 2D form today again. And last time we had a bit of a struggle with um, putting Ari in the show because he sent us files which weren't supported by the technology here. But today we're going to actually hear him. Yeah. And we're also going to hear a lot of artists because today we have a special edition. Today uh, is all about performing the lens. Yes. It's a nice exhibition we have on at V2 now. Well, it's built up. Unfortunately, we cannot have any visitors, but we found ways to still present it to you. Uh, we're going to do this, tr do it through this operator show. Also, this whole week we'll be uploading videos um, showing the works of the artists. Um, next, next week, next week is going to be uh, there will be a virtual walkthrough to the whole exhibition. Uh, pictures will uh, come up, so um, you can still see the exhibition. Unfortunately, not physically in the space, but there's still plenty of ways to enjoy this uh, exhibition. But there is a little step we uh, we missed that we usually do, and uh, it's a little five second spiel. What is V2? V2 is. Uh, well, we're called V2 Lab for the Unstable Media, which means we do a lot of things. We produce, we present, uh, we have publications, research, research, all uh, around the interface of art, uh, media, or art, technology, science, and society. So where these four circles meet, this is where V2 exists. And uh, yeah, we're doing a lot of virtual stuff lately, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Radio works. Radio works. Radio works. I think we're going to virtually or uh, digitally get Ari uh, into yeah. the program now to introduce, properly introduce the pro exhibition yeah. that we have on now. Uh, so Stefan works PR. Uh, we, we have to, yeah, we have to first say who Ari is. Ari, of course, is our archivist. Uh, unfortunately, he hasn't been able to join us at the office for a long time. His desk is piling up with all kinds of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> items for the archive. Yeah. But... Uh, Ari is still here. He pre-recorded some explanations, some thoughts. He uh, brought us his personal song. So yeah, let's uh, listen to what Ari has to say about the exhibition. Yeah, let's do that right away. Uh, Ari is our archive ninja. Uh, uh, Stefan here is the PR ninja. I'm the community ninja. <laughs> and uh, now we're going to hear Ari talk about performing a lens. This is Ari. Performing the lens is a 2020 graduation show of the master media design of the Piet Swart Institute here in Rotterdam. It's currently on show at V2 on the ground floor. And for obvious reasons, you cannot go to this exhibition. Though you could have a peep, of course, through the window on the ground floor. Um, we will be sharing the works um, by making video documentation of all the individual works and also a longer video of the whole exhibition. And we publish those videos on our Vimeo channel, on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website. Actually, the first videos have already been published and you can have a look at them and listen to what, uh, or look at what is, uh, has been made. Um, to connect uh, all the works by uh, the nine artists, um, there's a curatorial concept, a, an idea that ties it all together. Um, and uh, I will be reading this short text now, which gives you 
some understanding of um, of the works that have been made, of the thinking that is behind it, and of the engagement of these artists with the image, and also with um, the power of power, the lens. Power, 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 power. Um, so it goes like this, and I'll read it. In recent decades, our engagement with the world has become increasingly virtual. This shift has profoundly affected our relationship with an understanding of images. 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 The global pandemic has exacerbated the situation. We now interact with the world almost exclusively through images on screen. In discussions of how the new reality is affecting people's everyday lives, however, surprisingly little attention is paid to the role of the lens in shaping our new virtualized being in the world. The artworks brought together in the exhibition Performing the Lens, all produced by 2020 graduates of the Piet Swart Institute, either as part of their degree project or shortly after graduation, signal a re-engagement by the artist with the formative power of lenses. Through re-investigating and expanding established lens-based practices and discourses, these works explore the lens as an active tool in the construction and perpetuation of reality. Focusing on the choreography, the algorithms and the materiality of contemporary image making, the exhibition stimulates new ways of being, seeing and imagining that ground us in the world again. So that's the text that sort of ties uh, the different works together. Well, thank you, Ari, for that lovely explanation of what the exhibition was about. Uh, we have also divided uh, all these artists among ourselves uh, to uh, make a short introduction about them. And uh, next, we're going to hear Ari give a little introduction about Andreas Drost. I, just like Ari, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, hit me up, Andreas, and I will make sure to make it better next time. But here we have Ari. Also, try to introduce three of the artists that are part of the exhibition. So, the first one is Andreas Drost. I hope I pronounced that name right. He's an artist and designer uh, who's from Stuttgart and Rotterdam, and he works with moving images in photography. And um, one of the things that he's particularly interested in is conciseness, Size, shortness, um, and the idea of attention in a world of distraction. And that's something that he has been researching. And um, the word, work of him that's on show in Performing the Lens is uh, entitled As Much as Necessary, As Little as Possible. And that sort of gets it to the point. So he looks at the concept of brevity, really, and uh, how all our sort of all our forms of communication have become shorter and shorter and shorter and this whole uh, hang up with efficiency. Um, so he's asking himself how much communication is necessary and necessary for whom, for the sender or the recipient? What defines it? 
what is needful and what is unnecessary or what is missing to the needful. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a very interesting um, area of, of research if you uh, look at the contemporary, let's say, media landscape. Thank you again, Ari. Uh, for all of those of you who listen to this and think, yeah, this is all very interesting, but I want to see the work, as already mentioned, on our Vimeo channel, vimeo.com slash v unstable There will be videos of all the works, so you can actually see the works uh, as they are presented in our space. You can also catch them on our website, our Facebook, yeah. our Instagram. And like Sefa mentioned before, next week there'll be a virtual walkthrough of the whole exhibition trying to pay uh, some homage to the brilliant work that these artists put in to yep. build an exhibition that very few people would actually see. All right, we're going to pick up the pace a bit now because we have, uh, I think, eight more artists to introduce. Yeah, let's go. So uh, I'm going to introduce to you Anna Brumat, uh, a Slovenian artist that creates a fascinating and richly textured imaginative world that draws the viewer into metaphysical environments that are uniquely informed by emblematic complex systems and organisms. Uh, the work that she's put in uh, the exhibition is called The Transients. Uh, it's an audiovisual installation which symbolizes a newborn synthetic form of life. Um, the conscious organism explores its functions and floats inside the isolated glass container. What, it is what is it like to be awakened in a fragile synthetic body? Outside his container, preserved bodies of natural species can be found. How does it obs uh, feel to observe life beyond the barrier of a sterile chamber? If this sounds uh, complicated for you, I can assure you, if you if you see the work, look on our website, you can reread the text. It's all going to make sense, and it's a very beautiful piece. Very interesting, and also very aesthetically... Pleasing. Pleasing. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Anna Brumat. Yeah, Anna Brumat. Very good work. Yeah. Now it's time for Stefan's personal song. Yeah, and I thought since we had a bit of uh, good weather the last few days, I thought we bring a bit of uh, sunny music into the mix. So I chose a song by Prince Buster. He was a Jamaican uh, singer, songwriter, producer. Uh, the records he released in the 1960s influenced and shaped uh, the course of Jamaican music and created a legacy of work that will be drawn upon later by reggae and ska artists. So this is one of the first artists that made music that resembled the reggae and ska that we know these days. Uh, the particular song we're going to hear is a cover by the uh, American R&B artist Toussaint McKell. And a, a, a nice note for the film buffs here. The original song, the, so not the song we're going to listen to, but the song by Toussaint McCall, mm. can be seen lip-synced by the original artist in the movie Hairspray by John Waters. He lip-synced it in the movie? Yeah. All right. Well, Let's what, listen what's the song it. called? Uh, the song is... I forgot. Yeah, well, we're going to listen to it. I think it's in. The, he's singing all the time, so yeah. let's go on. We'll figure, we'll figure it out. <laughs> of you
when it's all said and done. But oh, my darling, I'm so blue. Cause nothing, oh, nothing takes the place of you. Stefan and and uh, for those who didn't guess the uh, song title, it's nothing takes the place of you. I guess most people already got that. Yeah, by now they do. <laughs> so now it's my turn to introduce uh, another one of the artists from the exhibition, and uh, this time we turn our heads to Mia Paller. I was very uh, fortunate to work with Mia uh, during the day of uh, mounting and hanging her work at V2. She's a very sweet girl. She did uh, some brilliant work at V2, and we exhibited. If you were one of the a uh, few lucky people had walked by while the exhibition was up. This was the work you saw through our windows. Uh, Mia uh, is a mixed media artist born and raised in Slovenia. After finishing her bachelor's degree in painting at the Academy of Fine Arts and Design in Ljubljana, uh, Mia moved to Rotterdam to attend the Piet Svart Institute. Um, she just graduated, uh, it was a graduation show, with a master's degree in lens-based media design. Her practice consists of painting, moving images, and photography. Uh, she participated in several exhibitions and film festivals around Europe over the last few years, and it's been a real pleasure to host her and her work at V2. Uh, her work is called Preparati, and uh, it's a series of analog photographs and footages of the barricades from the 10-day war in uh, or for Slovenia in 1991. And if you heard me say the word frottage, we're talking about the, the rubbing of, uh, of uh, something, uh, uh, what do you call it? Something that has texture yeah. uh, with graphite, for example. Not rubbing it up against a woman when she doesn't want it. We don't condone <laughs> that kind of behavior at V2. Uh, well, the concrete pyramids, uh, or uh, yeah, the concrete pyramids were roughly uh, dropped 
by the road in her hometown, Butch, and have become overgrown with ivy and shrubs. As Mia was born in 1995, the barricades seemed to her like monuments of the war that she never lived through and she knew nothing about. Mia sees footage and photography as means to, clo- to have close examination of, with a forensic quality. The process of enlarging the photographic negative is anal- uh, analogous to uh, that of inspecting a specimen, a mi- microscopic slide. The images expose the texture and abstraction. At the same time, the title of the works, Peperati, uh, hints at the term apparatus. Uh, referring to the fundamentals of the camera as a machine. The pictures were produced with a handmade drawing uh, camera. She made her own camera for this, uh, which therefore also digs into the primary concepts of processes of lens-based image making. I found it really amazing how uh, Mia really handmade everything through this process. She made prints uh, so big that they needed to use handmade... uh, uh, troughs to develop them she made her own camera uh, she uh, uh, made her own uh, uh, kind of lens covers to add an extra layer to this i was super impressed by it uh, thank you mia for uh, yeah for being part of my day and next we're gonna beam up ari again we're gonna be over up from ari. amsterdam and he's gonna introduce jem altinos yes and uh, let's go um, second artist um, that I will introduce is um, comes from Turkey originally, Istanbul. His name is uh, Sim Altinos. Again, I hope I pronounce that right. Um, my Turkish is almost non-existent. I don't speak any word of Turkish, alas. Um, so in his work, he plays a lot with images and texts. And he um, uh, made work that uh, looks especially at um, the concept of immunity and autoimmunity. Um, the work of his that is on show is called A Borderless Existence. And uh, it comes out of his uh, fascination with contamination and his, his interest in, as I said, autoimmunity um, and this whole uh, distinction between self-cells, non-self-cells and how, uh, yeah, how that works in, uh, in the body. Um, yeah, go and have a look at it and uh, look at the video, at the when, video. That's, uh, when that's... Alright, uh, well Jim was uh, so kind to also send us an audio piece and uh, for the, especially for this radio show, Jim created an auto, autoimmune audio piece. It's comprised uh, of him talking about a borderless existence and modulated sounds of his medical items and devices. And similarly to the work in his exhibition, it has a self-destructive way of existing. Uh, I also want to mention at this time that operator favorite and a good friend of mine, uh, Rita Maumenos, uh, helped him with the audio production of this piece. So uh, now we're going to listen to Jim.
anti-genre approach but for me it is a method of representation exercises Sam Altinos with the help of Rita, what's her last name? Maomenos. Maomenos. Uh, we're now going to go to Hugo Petronin. I'm just going to give a very small introduction because uh, Hugo was so kind to also send in the sound file explaining his work. Uh, most of the works by Hugo Petronin are driven by his fascination with waters and fluidity and their potential to question our material, epistemic and ontological presumptions. Recurrent in his practice are the disruption and constructions of interrelationships between techniques, gestures, and metaphors. So let's, let's listen to Hugo. Let's do it. 
The works presented in the exhibition Performing the Lens are a series of four short films, each made of a single 35mm color photograph. The photographic image has been produced through a shutterless camera and digitally animated. As a title, I use the term abiding in its definition of something long-lasting, enduring through time, like a lasting memory. The films stem from my master research at the Pitwa Institute between 2018 and 2020. During that period, I developed a strong interest in the interrelationships between techniques, gestures and metaphors, which I explored through the development of a particular photofilmic method. This method, which derived from strip photography techniques, was used to explore the concept of fluidity and continuity in cinematographic processes, and in photography at large. Intrigued by the poetic and aesthetic impact of light leaks on films, I began to question the capacity of light spills to bridge frames and to bond images. The interstitial space between frames became the center of my attention, and I wondered what would happen if this separation was abolished. The films are exposed manually with a shutterless camera, which allows the light to flow continuously on the sensitive surface. Departing from the assumption that a dominant form of photography was established on a solid and discontinuous logic, this work explored the implementation of a photofilmic logic based on fluidity and continuity. This was approached by highlighting and modifying the elements which enact the fragmentation in the camera mechanism. As a result, the interstitial space between frames was erased by dismantling the shutter and the intermittent mechanism of the camera. The flowing of light in the camera, afforded by the removal of the shutter, dissolved the space between frames and grouped images on the film surface. In addition, the movement of the film contributed in the creation of a type of syntax based on the continual linking up of frames. On a technical level, this assimilation of frames is pertinent to describe the illusion of continuity produced by the strip photography technique. On a metaphorical level, assimilation sends us back into imaginaries ruled by the dynamics of waters and fluids. Furthermore, this particular photofilmic method prompted me to reconsider the performative dimension in the act of exposure. The instantaneous gestures, usually performed by pressing the releaser, are abandoned here for a circular gesture which enroll the film continuously in front of the aperture. This action, specific to strip photography techniques, offers an opportunity to change the type of mediation enacted in the construction of the image. The act of exposure becomes a time and a space where the image is negotiated between the different agents, the light, the body, the mechanism, the environment, or the artist's intention. Abidings are images persisting and enduring through times, hybrid testimonies of a corporeal involvement in the process of exposure. They are gestures of opening on the material and conceptual sense, characteristic of my broader artistic approach, which include exposition as a dialogical method to expose, to be exposed. 
That's it. Well said, Hugo. Some nice sound effects in the background there. Mm -hmm. uh, now we're going to listen to Ari's personal song of the day. Yeah. And, and before uh, we lo listen to Ari's personal favorite song of the day, we're going to listen to Ari talking about it. Yes, definitely. And uh, yeah, here we go. My favorite piece of this moment, or not that moment, just of forever. I thought, let me pick a short piece for classical guitar. I've been train, trying to play classical guitar for over 30 years now and I'm still very bad at it and I still enjoy trying to learn it. And if you play a little bit of classical guitar, your world is full of the works of composers that only people that also play classical guitar have ever heard of. Like Fernando Sor, Carcassi, Garulli, Giuliani, Giulio Regondi, Napoleon Cost, and more in the 20th century, uh, the great Cuban composer Leo Brauer. Um, I'll play a short piece by his The Danza Caracteristica, Quitata de la Acera, played by Ricardo Cobo, and I think Quitata de la Acera means Get Off the Sidewalk. Uh, Brouwer wrote this in 1957 when he was only 18 years old and I still think it's a great piece. Thank you Ari. Um, Ari just said he's been practicing for 30 years so in case of any of our listeners want to hear Ari play the song on his guitar Hit the, us next, up. the next time he yeah. can join us again yeah. please send an email to ari at v2.nl and uh, Try to convince him, because any, I'm sure I'm going to try to convince any him. Any classical guitar piece you can think of, Ari will play it for you next time. We're going to listen to the song now. Here we go, Ari's song. Thank you. 
Thank you, Ari. Uh, well, next up, uh, I'm going to play a sound file from Yu Yang, who will explain her own work uh, in a sound file that she sent to us. Here we go. My name is Jue Yang. I will talk about my work, There Is No Death in Gravity. I made this film in a year where many things remained closed and Many spaces stayed small and confined. I started looking at some footage I had shot for another film. I started making edits while listening to sounds from freesound.org. It's a website I find infinitely fascinating. fascinating. I find everything, I find everything from, from laughter, laughter to crying to Different, different sounds, sounds of the ocean, the ocean, ocean, ocean in Australia, Australia ocean, ocean in India, India ocean, ocean in Southwest, Southwest England. England. At some point, I started to see how image, sound, voice, and text inform each other, lead into one another, merge, and split again. That was a magical process. Or when I realized that was what was going on, I felt quite, quite... It was quite a discovery. One of the first comments I received about this work was that it seemed that I was reaching out to the world during a time when travel was banned or limited. I was reaching out to the world. I was gathering the sound. I was imagining the scenes in which those sounds were recorded. There was one sound piece that I did not end up using, but gave me so much to swim in. It was a piece before a funeral. It said so in the description, but when I listened to it, There was a lot of dance, there was a lot of happiness. So made me wonder what kind of occasion the funeral was. In the end, this is a personal piece. As I was editing the film, I received a message one day from my mom. And it said simply, your grandfather passed away. It shocked me. 
I learned when I saw that message, he had already passed for a week and they already held a funeral for him. I have missed something very important. Con una voz legendaria y la cueca flor de pie. Con una voz legendaria y la cueca flor de pie. Te marcha Jorge Montiel de la bohemia portuaria. Te vas con tu indumentaria, con tu canto decidido. Hoy estamos so, next, uh, we're going to hear Ari introduce the artist Susana Faciolo. Uh, we're just going to let him do his uh, thing because uh, he's pretty good at it. And uh, after that, we're going to listen to a piece that Susana sent to us. The third artist that I introduce is born and raised in Italy. Her name is Susana Faciolo. Um, that name I do pronounce right, if I'm not mistaken because I know a little bit of it Italian, so fasciolo. Um, and she studied film, and um, she. we will play also a little sound piece that she sent in, especially for this uh, radio program. So she's also works a lot with narrative um, and, uh, and visual experimentation. experimentation. Um, the work of hers that is on show is called Courgette Flowers, a short video piece that's part of um, a longer series of video pieces that look at um, underpaid and often underappreciated work done especially by um, uh, women workers. In um, So she's looking at uh, women's labor in contemporary Italy. Uh, she started the work in 2019, and um, so Cousette Flowers is um, yeah has personal stories, rewritings, and um, yeah it looks at uh, at this kind of domestic and emotional work as well, um, and we'll play a little sound piece uh, or sound file that she sent in. Okay. Rosa told me that now that she's about to retire, she's looking forward to getting her voice heard. She reflected on her role at work and at home over the years. She said that it takes energy to be connected to others, to always have the right answer, to always keep some kind of harmony. She said that between her and her partner, the division of domestic work wasn't always fair, but she always tried to not make it take too much of her energy or time. The phone call with Bianca opened a window on the lack of support that she encounters as a worker. Because of her contract, if the school is closed, like if it's snowing or there is a religious holiday, she doesn't work and doesn't get paid. 
and so she's not considered as important as the other teachers. I talked on the phone with Marina during her afternoon break on a double shift day. She thinks that people should behave like bees. A bee performs all the different tasks that are needed in a beehive. So in a lifetime, a bee gets to cover all the roles that are necessary in its community. In her opinion, to better understand who we are and to respect others, we should all get through the necessary work. Cleaning the streets, assisting elders, working in a factory. She thinks that will be fair and they should teach that in school. The phone call with Elena was often interrupted by her children or other family members that needed her attention. She says that life took another direction. That she wasn't in the condition to study for personal reasons and that she didn't have the strength to keep on studying and working at the same time. So she chose a job that still gives her some satisfaction that she still likes. And yes, she does have a need to be creative, but also to take care of people. Thank you, Susanna. Uh, now we've reached uh, my favorite part of the show, and also all you listeners' favorite part of the show, I'm sure. It's time to listen to my personal song. Uh, I don't have much to say about it. It's uh, the latest single from Baltimore-based post-wave band Future Islands. It came out just a week ago. Uh, if you don't know uh, Future Islands, you should check them out. Uh, I had kind of a Future Islands revival because spending time at his house and uh, him uh, playing their old uh, EP singles. Sing, sing, singles. Um, yeah, uh, exactly. Single collection. And then uh, luckily I came across this new uh, single on Spotify and I'd love to play it for you all. Uh, here it is, Future Islands. And the song is called The Moon is Blue. Feel these hands that shape this world Then try to understand Stand I 
and uh, buy yourself some future islands I agree yeah definitely the old stuff even though the new stuff isn't bad either yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, we have uh, two more artists to introduce to you next one is uh, Felix Obermeier mm. uh, we don't have a sound sound file of him but um, his uh, the video showing his work will be published tomorrow on our Vimeo channel and all our other channels. Uh, the work of photographer and designer Felix Obermeier is based on his research on the impact of technology on contemporary images, mass media and performative media. Felix works with photographic images, spatial installations and interactive media. He graduated from the Peter Behrens School of Arts Dusseldorf and the Piet Zwart Institute Rotterdam, of course. What do you see? That's the name of his work. In recent years, more and more images are being made, which are not intended as human spectators, but machines. At the same time, the images made for human spectators are increasingly generated algorithmically by computers. What do you see? By Felix Obermeier makes, makes visible on what basis computers generate contemporary photographic images. So that's uh, Felix Obermeier's work. You can see it tomorrow. Perfect. Well, I have the great honor of uh, introducing Sonia Mangiapane, um, who uh, was also there setting up on the day when I uh, helped uh, Mia set up. Um, as a photomedia artist, Sonia employs media and processes defined primarily by her use of light, as opposed to the ex exclusive use of the camera. Working with a range of camera-based and cameraless pro uh, processes, she approaches the expanded field of photography as a medium of light writing. Uh, rather than a medium of representation. Guided by her fascination with the physical properties and ethereal qualities of light, she explores concepts relating to journey, place, and notions of time. Now, uh, Sonia, instead of talking about uh, her work that she exhibited at V2, which is very much a visual experience, Sonia decided to share the soundtrack from an experimental short film uh, that uh, she produced last year called Internal Reflection. Internal Reflection is a short compilation of moving image sequences in which light is the only visible subject matter. The film is accompanied by a soundtrack uh, I, uh, that she produced, which is uh, derived from sonified light data sourced from NASA. And so, in a way, what we're hearing right now is the sound of light. 
And I think uh, this also is gonna yeah, it's, be it's the outro three to our show. It's gonna be three sound files. Uh, so before we're gonna listen, uh, let's repeat. All the videos will be made available tomorrow. Uh, the virtual walkthrough and all the pictures of the works will be made available next week. Yeah. Published through all our, our channels, website, Facebook, Instagram. Have a look and now we're gonna listen to Sonia's works. Thank you, Sonia Mangiapane, for your internal reflection piece that you uh, just played for us here. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to all the artists, to Andreas, Anna, uh, to Ari, of uh, course, Mia, Jem, Hugo, Yu Yang, uh, Felix, and Sonia again. 
you, you put on a really cool show at V2. I'm sad we couldn't open up and show it to the public for you guys. Uh, thank you to Stefan. Thank you to Ari. We usually have one little piece in every uh, radio show that we still didn't do, and that's Ari presenting something from the archive. But because Ari wasn't here today, I just uh, dove into the giant pile of stuff on Ari's <laughs> desk, and I found something from uh, the, the V2 uh, record label. Uh, so this is uh, La Selva from Francisco Lopez. I'm going to read a little piece back here, and then we're going to listen to it until we go home. La Selva is an immersion into the sound environments of a tropical rainforest in the Caribbean lowlands of Costa Rica. An uh, astonishing natural sonic web created by a multitude of uh, sounds from rain, waterfalls, insects, frogs, birds, mammals, and even plants through a day cycle during the rainy season. A powerful, acousmatic broadband sound environment of thrilling complexity. And above all, a tour de force of profound listening. From the V2 archive, uh, number V228. Let's listen. Let's listen. <laughs> 